I'll be back for dinner. We'll try that anti-gravity restaurant with bibs. That's a day. Well, not a day. Oh, you know what I mean. Oh, get off. See you later. Oi. And you be careful, all right? Yeah. Taking a big space truck with a bunch of strangers across a diamond planet called Midnight? What could possibly go wrong? Welcome to First Time Lord. My name is Daniel Levain, and as the title implies, I am a first-timer who had never seen the show until I sat down to do this podcast, and now every week I sit down and talk with my learned friends, the ones that had been beckoning me to watch the show, and I finally succumbed to the siren of their call, and now, like them, I spend way too much money on Doctor Who merchandise. (laughs) (laughs) And this week we're talking about Midnight, which is episode 10 of series four. And oh my gosh, what an, what an episode. What I, ah, I have no words. And when I lack words, I invite like the most wordsmith friend that I have. Uh, they're amazing. They use words like they're a banquet and you could just chew into every little tiny side dish there's ever been. I present to you Jamie Kern. Hello. That's a word. Hello. <laughs> that was wow. You went to college for that word? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Jamie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, especially to talk about this episode because I love this episode. It's one of my like top ten favorites. Oh my gosh. I let's get it out of the way. Dear listener, if you have not watched Midnight, we're going to spoil the episode, so do yourself a favor, watch it now, come back to the podcast and enjoy the conversation. We're going to fill in all the gaps if you're new. We're going to make sure that you understand everything, but watch it because oh dear goodness, it's amazing. And so that's it for the warning. We're going in what I mean, we we it's got so the good. right, it's so like good. we got the beginning out of the way, like in classic Doctor Who fashions. Like, what could possibly go wrong? You know, <laughs> uh, inviting the fates to make sure that they give you a journey, right? And I I know I'm barking up the right tree because we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but halfway through this episode. I got the most Twilight Zone feeling. Yes. Yes, I wrote that down. I re- that's one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite episodes, because you could straight up remove the doctor out of this and not change another thing and put it in black and white in 1962, and it would mm-hmm. straight up be a Twilight Zone episode. Like, I mean, you literally would have to change nothing um, or an Outer Limits episode. But, <laughs> right. you know, like one of the two. But it, it, that's one of the reasons why I love it so much, because it, it's such a standalone and it stands alone so well that it could be a completely different show. And it's still so it's just written so well. It, it's so within that genre. And yet at the same time, it felt like a Doctor Who episode. Absolutely. Like it, it, this to me, this felt like the, uh, the, the, the episode that everybody talks about blink. Yes. In that it was just so exactly what I think of the doctor. 
and at the same time, I I could have seen instead of the intro that I played before the 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 podcast, I could have seen just Rod Serling standing in front of mm-hmm. you know the the planet going submit it for your approval. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like after they get onto the onto the ship, right? Like as mm-hmm. the ship is starting to leave, like you know, there's a minute where it just like spans instead of to the hostess to Rod Serling just standing there in the back of the of the bus or whatever yeah the space truck you know smoking (laughs) his cigarette telling you about how they're about to cross over into the twilight zone strangers on a spaceship yeah exactly (laughs) right and it has because it has all of those things it has like the 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 you know the the different stereotypes the tropes you know the, the the smart professor it's got you know the uneducated like tourists the you know the the single mm-hmm. traveler that it has all of the tropes. Mm-hmm. It's even got the angsty teen. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! I was like, if everything, and I did not see it coming, which surprises me because at this mm-hmm. point, like there are certain things that I, I feel like I should be more prepared to come across during doctor mm-hmm. who and i was just like the doctor super excited and you know he he sat down for his uh you know getting all the 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 the, the headset and the ear plugs and the nose plugs and all of the things and then you know he's just trying to be mr doctor and it, well i'll let him say it enjoy trip oh i can't wait i don't i'm sorry it's french but let's go Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Right. Like it's, you have, it's the doctor. It's the doctor doing doctory things and all these characters get introduced and I didn't see it coming. And then, you know, the doctor does his thing with the psychic paper and he's like, I'm an inspector. And then I'm the, you know, and he's convincing the guys like, oh, let's look at this planet. Now, is the, has this planet ever been mentioned in other episodes before, or is it pretty much like the so. first time? No, I don't think so. I think it. I think it was new for the. I mean, if it was, it was mentioned in passing. I don't. I don't think it's ever been mentioned as any sort of focal point at all. I, I think he mentioned the the diamond or the emerald. Uh, the, the sapphire falls. The sapphire falls. He mentioned that when he thought Donna was going to leave him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, oh, uh, and there's uh, all uh, these places that I wanted to take you, like well, the Sapphire Falls. Um, so I, I know he mentioned it within the span of this series, but yeah. like it, to, you know, it, it, I mean, jumping into it, when the ship gets attacked and that lady is sitting there in the dark, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is, did, did it? Does it have a name? Did it have a name? Did, it does not have a name, and it never has a name. It's the the midnight entity. Is if you if you're if you read anything about the episode, that's what mm. they call it, the midnight entity. And in fact, this is like I, the first time, and maybe the only time, but definitely the first time in Doctor Who history that we never actually see the villain. We never actually mm. get to see who the bad guy is. And every other episode. It is the bad guy is revealed at some point in some way. And we in this episode, it gets me goosebumps. We never mm-hmm. actually see, you know, anything but Sky, the woman. So we but we never see what the entity truly looks like looks by like, itself, which is uh, I mean, we'll 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 get to that. Um, but it, 
all the tropes are there for the you know the classic sci-fi horror as well you know the they're stuck in a ship they can't go outside the air is toxic the sun is uh so strong that the the sun would actually um dissolve them into dust or vaporize them yeah like uh so all of the hardships and yet you know they're stuck there they have to be patient and there was almost like a poltergeist kind of moment where the doctor is talking to her and you see the shadow of her yeah as she starts to move the hand and then oh my gosh i got like all the creeps when she's just looking at them like did they like send out a casting call across london's like we need somebody that can look real creepy right she was i mean like let's give a shot her 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 real name is Leslie Sharp. Like, let's give a shout out to her because Sky Silvestri is Leslie Sharp. She, that actress is in may not only amazing, but had to take on an almost impossible task to match the intonation of every other actor while having a completely emotionless face right. the whole time. I mean, like kudos to her because like, there aren't very many people who could do that, you know? Well, and she, as she does the thing, it, it starts out as kind of mimicry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, to, to kind of explain, like, this is an example of how it starts out. Are you all right? Are you all right? Are you hurt? Are you hurt? You don't have to talk. You don't have to talk. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. And that's creepy enough as it is. Right. Right, because of the way she say it, you know, she takes all of the emotion out of what is being said and she just answers it in that voice i you know and so that's creepy enough as it is but then the 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 doctor who twilight zone part kicks in when she starts to do this you know exactly what i'm going to say how are you doing that and it just like just that clip alone, like gave me like a shiver down my back. Yes. And she's, I can't watch this episode without just having goosebumps the entire time. <laughs> it's so, cause she matches, like you said, she, not only does she match his tone and cadence, but she matches that level of anger and anxiety and people's voice so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure. Without I'm, showing it on her face. That's so hard. Right. Like she is emoting just with her voice while keeping her face as stationary and emotionless as possible, which like I'm sure there's got to be some trickery because it's amazing, but she makes such a wonderful villain. Um, But, you know, talking about the, the, the meat of it. And, you know, we, we've, again, we mentioned Twilight Zone and our affinity for it. And one of the things that I love about Twilight Zone is that while there is that aspect that sort of creeps you out or scares you or gives you the heebie-jeebies, there's always some sort of morality being done. Yes. The, the, the thing that made the Twilight Zone, especially the, the, the original, the classics, is there's always a morality tale hidden within the creepy episode yeah and this is no you know this this one is exactly textbook to that you know the in 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 the middle of the year that we're having after the year that we've had yeah 
to have a group of people that all of a sudden turns on itself yes. and shows its worst impulses yes. simply because they're afraid. Yes. And turns on the person who has the most information, mm-hmm. right? So it like turns on the person who could absolutely help them the most. Right. Like, who are you, know? you doctor? Right. You know, like I almost heard the Fauci behind it. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, who are you, Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci. Uh, yes. you know, it was just so poignant. Yes. Uh, like, I almost want to take this episode and put it on Facebook, violating all sorts of copyrights, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> and getting a Facebook takedown. But just to, like, spam all of these, like, misinformation sites and be like, just watch this. Watch this. Yes. And, and if you agree with the people in the truck and not the doctor, you're the problem. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, like, and you see it, like, even in the professor, like, the professor gives in to that lesser instinct of just like, nope, let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of the doctor. Like, he grabs him and is yanking him. Yeah. You know, yeah. And he starts off, the, do- the professor starts off very clearly trying to be like, no, no, like maybe we're all jumping, jumping to conclusions here, you know? So he, he starts off being the man of thought, being the man of education, but yet even he can't resist that Given mob into the, mentality oh, that happens. Exactly what I was going to say, the mob mentality. Yeah. It, it, it I mean, it, it's no surprise that this episode is written by, um, Russell T. Davies. Russell T. Davies, because, mm-hmm. I mean, the last few episodes, Muffet has definitely thrown me for a loop. Mm-hmm. But Russell T. Davies, man, that guy, he knows how to put a couple of words together. I mean, he clearly learned from you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. I, I mean, I'll take the compliment, but I don't think I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the... the how do you come up with the concept to begin with? And then, you know, what drove him? Because that it, it feels like it's a very personal episode for him. Yeah, like not it, only that, he wrote this episode in three days. That's all. It's all it took him was three days that, to write it. Jeez. Isn't that, that crazy? I mean, I guess it just goes to show you that if you, sometimes when you have that that spark of an idea, it just comes flying out. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, and... One of the things uh, I appreciate is how it builds because it starts out very innocent. It's an adventure. The doctor's, you know, super excited about just a little holiday. It's a, it's an excursion. He's, you know, if you've ever gone on a cruise, this is an offshore, you know, excursion. And then slowly things start to go weird. Yeah. And then the 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 thing knocking on the outside and mimicking yeah. the knocks. And then it's inside. And like you said, it's not seen. It is invisible. And it is not explained. And I love the fact that they never go back. Uh, like it's sometimes the, the want for the doctor to sort of explain. And this is how it happened. Uh, I equate it to the Columbo ending where, you know. You get the, the the recap of everything that's happened. It's like, but there's one more thing. Uh, right. I, I never understood it. And boom, the doctor solves everything. 
we never really get that in this episode. We don't get an explanation as to who the alien was or what its motive was. We just see the the carnage of what happened. And it's still out there. Right. <laughs> which is also like also gives me goosebumps, which is also terrifying, right? Like it's still out there because it didn't come in to that ship in a body. So there's a good chance that when that body got dissolved or or whatever, you know, when it went outside, right. that whatever that entity is was still there. It's it's freed, you know, and is roaming the face of midnight, mm-hmm. a diamond planet. Uh but Again, you know, what a, what an amazing turn of sort of the the only person really in that whole group that kind of remains an innocent is the the angsty teenager. That's right. Yeah. He's the one that sort of remains, uh, you know, while everybody else gets whipped into a frenzy, he kind of stays calm and uh, which, again, you know, it speaks volumes to what what's happening today. You know, it's not unlike the the plights of uh, of of humanity as we find ourselves today, and that uh, you know, a very terrified group of people is whipping a mob up for what should be just a calm, simple reaction. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't have to talk around, you know, circles around it. You know, it's vaccinations, you know, we're right. afraid of it. And here's the doctors giving you the science behind it all the while trying to understand more of what is happening, but because it's all happening at the same time, everybody's just freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I I've found so many uh, moments that are almost creepily relatable. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like uh, the the creators of the show like traveled in time, saw right. into the future, and knew. You know, this is going to be poignant. I should write a show about it. And we'll, and we watched it, and we're like, that's really good fiction. And we learned nothing <laughs> from it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. You know. Uh. It, it's like uh, um, the movie uh, Galaxy Quest, where you have that race that watches the uh, historical documents, mm-hmm. uh, which is nothing more than you know a Star Trek-like show, and then they build their entire society around it. I kind of feel like we need to retcon our entire society and build ours around the Doctor Who show. I would be all for that, right? all for it. I feel like the lessons that you can learn from Doctor Who in this episode in particular would certainly benefit the entire world as it is right now. That's for sure. Right. Like just, you know, if you're willing to believe all this fictional crap that leads you to take, you know, horse tranquilizer or whatever, you know, horse dewormers to heal yourself then you'll believe that, you know, Doctor Who is real. And right. <laughs> the- I mean, Doctor Who, the even if there's a sort of paranormal episode, the explanation is very rarely ever paranormal. It's almost always science. The right. answer is always science. It's science. Yeah, it's not paranormal. Answer. It's extraterrestrial. <laughs> it's just right. It's normal for this extraterrestrial because they come from a different planet. So they're gaseous beings or they're, you know, they're not ghosts. They're just gas. (laughs) So I I just I wish we could do that because this episode just it hit me right there. It, it, It got me. 
in a place that I, and I, I guess that's, you know, I, I at this point, if you're a, a through and through listener, uh, you've been on this journey with me for at least the last year. And so, you know, this is, the, you know, the, the show just hits you and makes you feel things that you weren't expecting. And it makes you think things that were in your mind and you just couldn't articulate them until you watch a show like this. And you go, well, exactly. I find myself using Doctor Who episodes to explain my emotions now more yeah. than anything else because it's so much easier. It's like, let me explain it to you. Have you ever seen this? Okay, watch this one episode. You will understand how I'm feeling right now. It, it's right. Because it's so apt at sort of getting that point across in such a succinct way, in such a just elegant way. You know, it's just brilliant storytelling. It really oh. is brilliant. I, I don't know what to say. It is. It is. This episode in particular, I think the reason why it's so terrifying is because you can so easily see how much truth is in the way these people react, mm -hmm. right? Like you can, this mob mentality that happens, it's something that we see happen over and over. We never learn from this mm -hmm. in history. We never, ever learn from this. And that's why, I mean, I literally can't watch the episode without goosebumps or even like, I like, I like tear up when I watch it, not in like, a, I'm, I'm sad kind of a way, but in just like a, I'm almost terrified kind of way, right. you know, like, because it, it's so it just rings so true and you can just so easily see it happening and you can so easily see yourself being the one that they want to throw out of the bus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, and this is this is one of the few times in this episode, you know, we see the doctor get nervous sometimes, but I rarely do I think I don't think that we see the doctor terrified and there is a brief moment in this episode where he is terrified mm -hmm. where he sees he has lost the reins of control and that no matter what he says the things that he would normally say to get people on his side the science that he would use the logic that he would use are all of the things that are going to turn them against him and he doesn't know what to do mm -hmm. and like that's that's terrifying. That's terrifying. And for a brief moment, he is very, very scared. And we just don't see that very often with him. Which is what I think scared me the most. Yeah. Uh, and I, again, I, I, I've mentioned it in the podcast in the past, but one of the moments that was most unsettling to me uh, came uh, during series three, last uh, series, when we finally saw the doctor react to and feel physical pain mm -hmm. and it was it was unsettling because mm -hmm. the doctor is the savior the doctor is the the hero why is the doctor in pain i can't help the doctor and in this i think that was the the most frightening part uh and i'm kind of glad that i watched it while it was still light outside Yes. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because when you asked me if I would watch this episode, I had to, I was like, do I have time to watch this episode before it's dark before I have to do it? Because like, because it creeps me out and like, I don't want to be sitting alone in my apartment thinking about this episode. Right? It Midnight. And you're like, Nope, no, 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 no. We're not doing that anymore. Uh, but 
Uh, so there is one thing that uh, takes this episode out of the realm of just being a standalone in that the doctor has a moment uh, as the the thing, as Sky uh, embodied by the thing is mimicking. And the doctor's like, wow, you, you know exactly what I'm going to say. And presumably he's trying to say things that would be unexpected. And right. he goes through this little rant. Rose Tyler, Martha Jones, Donna Noble, Tardis. Which I that was I, I let out a little squeal. Yeah. I did. I totally did. Because I recognize that is in reverse order all of the companions that I've seen so far. And then yes. the TARDIS. Because why not? <laughs> right, right. Because that's his ever-present companion is the TARDIS. Right, right. You know, it's like, you know, it's like his trailer, you know. He's, right. He's the redneck of uh, Time Lords in that he lives in his trailer. <laughs> that's right. And um, so there there was that. Uh, but there's also the, the, the first moment after the, the space truck was attacked that he stand up and he's like, everybody okay? And behind him, for like a hot second, it's Rose Tyler. Yes, I'm clapping my hands because I'm so <laughs> glad you caught that. Because if you hadn't caught that moment, I was going to make you like stop the recording, go watch just for that moment, and then come back. Because I wanted to hear your reaction. Because the first time I watched the episode, I didn't catch it. Oh, and wow. in fact, I didn't catch it until I read about the episode at one point. And then I had it said something about like the appearance of Rose Tyler. I was like, what are they talking about? And I had to go back and watch it again. And then when I watched it again, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. Right? Because it's so, there's, the way they do it is so brilliant, too. Like, he has this moment where he takes kind of a long pause to look at the screen and then slowly turns. Mm -hmm. And as he, I have goosebumps going up the back of my neck. Oh, yeah. as, as he turns, you know, it, it like just so ever so briefly happens, but she's, she's almost the center of the screen, the way that they have she, it. Like she is right behind him. Like you cannot miss her. And Except it, I did. It, well, if, if, <laughs> well, cause the, the episode and here's the thing. She had an appearance like that before, uh, yeah. and it was super brief, uh, but it was almost identical in that she's in the the console of the TARDIS, and she's mm -hmm. yelling at Donna. And mm -hmm. you see her mouth the words, Donna, mm -hmm. uh, for a brief second. So it was exactly like that. It was like, doctor, she's mouthing mm -hmm. those words before she disappeared. So I, 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 I know she's got to be coming. Uh, I just... And anything that you can add without uh, getting the also popular spoilers? Oh, no, I'm not telling you nothing. <laughs> nothing. I ain't saying oh. nothing. See, here's the deal. See, no, <laughs> not a thing. It's just going to be a. What's in that book? Spoilers. Who are you? <laughs> spoilers. Exactly. It's going to be a spoilers. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I can't wait. But. Is there anything else in this episode that that I missed that that you want me to to know about? No, not necessarily that you missed. There's just a couple of little things that I just like to point out about this episode. First of all, I love that the hostess says, "Ladies and gentlemen, variations thereupon," which I just think is what we should use from now on and forever, right? Right. Like, Ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereupon. thereupon. It's so respectful and like just incorporates everyone. And I just think that we should all start using that. It's right? very Everywhere, inclusive. Every time we use that. Exactly. Um, 
the uh, oh, this is the first episode in the new series where we don't see the TARDIS. Oh, that's true too. Yes, you never see the TARDIS in this episode, and that did, the last time that happened was like 1975 or something like that. Wow. So, yeah, isn't that born. interesting? It's it, you don't think about it until somebody points it out. And you're like, you're right. You don't see the TARDIS. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the guy who plays the professor, his name is David Troughton, and he is the son of Patrick Troughton, who played the second doctor. Uh, oh, so we have another, like, sibling or offspring of a doctor. Offspring of a doctor, yeah, yeah. Which I just love it when they do that. I just, I love when they, like, bring it home, right? And, yeah. like, keep it all in the family. That's, like that. Oh, the, the professor is the son of a doctor. I like that. Yeah. Isn't that great? Um, and the only other thing that I would like to point out is I encourage anybody who has seen this episode to go back and watch it again and watch it specifically for the lighting and the way that they play mm. with lighting in this episode. And it all really starts with the moment that Sky is on the ground huddled there and they everybody's got their flashlights and her shadow mm. is against the wall. And then um, there are these great moments where she's just uplit in, you know, such a creepy way. And then there are moments where she's downlit in such mm. a creepy way. And I and then even other people are lit in different ways to sort of like give the mood when they start to go crazy on the doctor. Right. So I just I highly recommend to anybody to go back and watch it and specifically pay attention to the way that they use light in this episode, because I think it's so brilliant, particularly because the episode is called Midnight. Mm -hmm. Right. So the way that they play with the light in the episode called Midnight, I just think is so smart and interesting. And I just highly encourage people to go and, and look for that. And, you know, the sound team did such an amazing job. And the sound team actually won awards for this episode sure. because of having to marry her dialogue and, and the doctor's dialogue and everybody else's dialogue, right? Um, and everything they did. And so, I mean, that's that brilliance kind of goes without saying, if you know anything about sound editing, oh, yeah. you know how difficult this episode was for them, but go back and pay attention to the lighting and watch for that. And I, I guarantee it will add to your experience. Uh, I, I'm so glad you pointed out. Cause I, 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 I mentioned it, uh, you know, the, the moment with the shadows, I, I noticed quite a bit of it, but now I, I kind of want to go back and see, because I'm sure it was significantly more deliberate than my one-time viewing uh, allowed me to to pay attention to. So that's yeah. great, especially on Sky. Like every every moment with her is deliberate. Is the perfect word for it. It's so deliberate and just so well done. Well, I'll have to wait until the next time the sun rises because I'm certainly <laughs> not going to watch that at night or at midnight. Right? Uh, that is fair and valid. Fair and valid. <laughs> not going to do that. Uh, well, all of that sounds great, but I'm really excited to hear uh, what uh, Ashley might bring to us. So let's listen to Ashley's tidbits, TARDIS tidbits for this episode. This is Ashley's TARDIS tidbits for Series 4, Episode 10, Midnight. As you probably already know, this was definitely a companion light episode, intentionally done so Catherine Tate could film the next episode, Turn Left, which was filmed in tandem with this one. Giving each of them an episode break to help them get ready for the jam-packed series finale two-parter. Get ready. 
This episode is also the 200th Doctor Who story. And because it was supposed to have been the 8th episode of Season 4 originally, that would have made it the 50th episode of the revived series. A reference to this milestone is seen as the shuttle's name is Crusader 50. In order to have the character of Skye repeating everyone's words when she was possessed by the Midnight Entity, and they didn't want the actress to have to memorize all of the lines, the crew set up monitors in front of each actor that would scroll the lines for Leslie to read. David Tennant has said that the absolute most difficult part of this episode was delivering the square root of pi to 30 decimal places, not only because it had to be done very quickly, but because the character Sky would be repeating everything he said just a split second after him. Russell T. Davis has said that this episode was inspired by Star Trek Next Generation episode, Darmok, and he wrote the episode in just three days. We see our beloved Rose Tyler appear briefly again in this episode, this time on one of the shuttle's TV screens, just how we saw her silently shouting for the doctor in the poison sky. And finally, the character of Dee Dee at one point tells the doctor that she's written a paper on the lost moon of Poosh. Hmm. In the Partners in Crime episode, we hear that Adipose 3 is missing. And in the fires of Pompeii, they mention that Pyrovilia is also missing. Three planets missing. Hmm. Spoilers. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I have a feeling this is all coming to some sort of uh, episode that's going to destroy me emotionally. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, I, I can't. Probably. I can't wait. I mean, at this point, even if it's not meant to, I just get so emotional watching this because it, it's so good. And thank you, Ashley, so much for the tidbits. Uh, as always, it adds so much extra depth. I didn't even think about that, the, the how difficult it would be for an actor to act while they're saying something that they know is going to get repeated milliseconds later. Yeah. You know, how distracting that is in real life and then try to do that while you're reciting lines that you've had to memorize. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just had the like brief inclination to start repeating everything you said, but I held myself back. <laughs> I mean, you, you could have possibly done that and then I would have had to have played this sound clip. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't. Don't. <laughs> just, just don't. Just don't. don't. <laughs> We're not going to do that. I think that's going to be a permanent clip. <laughs> right. Uh, but that was that moment, right? The, that was the, the sort of Twilight Zone ending where the doctor just shows how scared he still is of that. Yeah. Yeah, he's not over it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And for a guy that's been around as long as he has and has gotten out of all of these jams, that that it, it, again, when you see the doctor in pain, it hurts. When you see the doctor scared, it it hurts. It, it makes me scared. It may. Yeah. I, I mean, if he's scared, I'm terrified. Yeah, exactly. Because if he couldn't control it, if he and you could see he was struggling there at the end, like you could see him, uh, unlike 
the way Sky was, he's literally vibrating with every recitement, uh, you know, and, and yet he could not control it. And then it just poor Donna trying to be nice to him. And it like triggers his anxiety. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Know? He's like, nope, nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> right. She doesn't even mean to repeat him, you know, that's right. not what she's doing. She's just like, oh, yeah, you know, she could have literally said, oh, yeah, you know. Like, oh, molto bene, just trying to repeat Italian. And it's like, right. no, please nope. don't. <laughs> Oh, so I cannot wait. But thank you, Jamie, so much for joining me in this episode. Thank you for having me. I'm always happy to be here. This is always so much fun. Uh, Well, and and for you, dear listener, uh, one of the things that made me so excited about watching this episode and knowing that I would get to talk to Jamie about it is while Jamie is very humble and she won't admit this to people, she is a fantastic writer. Uh, And I have seen uh, performed on stage some of her work and it is it it, she is very good at evoking and eliciting the type of emotions that I get while I'm watching Doctor Who. So after watching an episode like this where I felt it was so exquisitely written, I could not wait to have my friend Jamie talk to uh, to talk to because I know she understands that mentality because she is an excellent writer on her own. Whatever I'm paying you, double it. <laughs> Great. So zero <laughs> times two is... Exactly. But it's the thought that counts. <laughs> exactly. Wait, wait, the thought of zero times two counts? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I meant to double it. <laughs> Excellent. See, wordsmith right there. She wordplayed me. <laughs> thank you for your kind words. Thank you no, very much. thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for once again making it to the end of yet another first time lord as always you can support us by visiting the website which is firsttimelord.com there we have uh, a merch store if you want to support the show that way uh, with really nice soft t-shirts and phone cases and i kept teasing it and i'll keep teasing it for a few more episodes but new stuff coming soon Uh, You can also support us by uh, going on Patreon and becoming a subscriber that way. Or just go visit the website and leave a comment. Uh, I've really enjoyed having people leave comments and, uh, you know, I've gotten more tidbits uh, from some of you listeners commenting on the episode. So let's keep that going. Uh, Of course, you can find me on uh, Facebook as well. There is a Facebook group called First Time Lord there that you can leave comments there. Uh, But most importantly, if you want to really support the show, find somebody else that, like me, had never watched Doctor Who and sit them down, have them watch the episodes along with you, and then have them listen to the podcast and Let's grow this fandom. Uh, let's in, let's get more people like me into the fold because I, I tell you, I wish I had done it sooner. But with all of that said, I am deeply appreciative and I know I'm about to head into what will most likely be a series of episodes that I just will have no words to describe. Uh, so... Let me run into my TARDIS, let me uh, get ready, and I'll see everybody next week for what promises to be the beginning of the 
the end of the series. See you next week, everybody.